Live. You're listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to live in the middle of a developing tourism town? Sounds great, right? Well, it doesn't come without challenges. Like most people listening, I had a steady job, lots of stress, worked my ass off so I could enjoy vacations. One day, I came to the realization that I needed to embed myself into a vacation permanently, so that's what I did. Now my home is San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua. It's a small town on the Pacific coast with a population of about 15,000 people. I have a small sailboat charter business which pays the bills and leaves a bit left over to cover my habits. And even though we call it paradise, Nicaragua is still a third world country. So picture this, 36-year-old Texas guy and his two trusty Labradors are transplanted into a developing country and they're trying their hardest not to stick out like sore thumbs. These are the stories of what life is like, some good, some bad, but all entertaining. So sit back, relax, and live vicariously through me for about the next 30 or 45 minutes. And I promise you, this stuff can't be made up. Do you like parties? Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah! I hope no bad people show up. Finally, have secured a guest and done the recording and done most of the editing. I didn't announce it because it seemed like every time that I announced I had a guest, something went awry and it didn't happen. So anyway, uh, the second half of the show is going to be the first half of the interview with Chris, the life of the party guy that works for the hostel called Pachamama. And it's just a series of conversations of me and Chris talking about him, his life, what he does, and how much he loves it. I'll get into a little bit more details later, but I wanted to make the exciting announcement. I was at the gym the other day, also known as the hot box, sweating like a slave, trying my hardest to be happy about doing a workout. And there was something that really made me laugh, and I think it helped to get me through the uh, workout in a gym that was hot as Hades. There's an attendant that works there, and he's probably 19 years old, maybe 20. And he's a boxer, so he trains there when he's not working. But in the daytime, he sits there with headphones on and plays games on his iPad or texts people and makes sure that no one catches on fire in the gym while they're working out. And so he doesn't have much of a personality. When you walk past him, like the gym is upstairs. So you walk up the stairs, and it's nice to be greeted by someone, but he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't even look at you. He pretends like you're not even there. And so, you know, when he does catch your face, he smiles, and sometimes if you need him to unlock the refrigerator to get some water out, he's happy and makes some small chat with you. Uh, he has told me several times that the music's too loud when I hijack the stereo system with my iPhone, so he's not scared to tell you about that. 
But anyway, I looked over there, and he's sitting on the couch, and he's got some girl with him. And I'm thinking, oh, man, he's got him a little girly girl. So they're sitting on the couch, and they're talking, and they're, like, holding hands, and they're smiling. And I'm kind of, you know, working out, and every, every now and then I kind of glance back over there, and things are just getting a little bit more and more heated up. And so I knew it. Once I saw things progressing, I thought, by the time I'm done working out, they're going to be on top of each other, mugging down. It's going to be hilarious. And sure enough, about 20, 30 minutes later, it was happening right before my eyes. I was the only person in the gym. And I'm sure he thought, well, he's not looking at us. But it was in plain sight on a couch inside the gym. And I just couldn't do anything but laugh. I mean, I thought... I thought if he did that in the States and he got caught, the end of his job instantly, probably no questions asked in most establishments. But here I pictured his boss coming up the stairs and and probably saying something like, hey, what are you doing? You can't do that. And then that would be the extent of the reprimand because they're not afraid of public display of affection here. And also I think it's a, you know, it's a machismo... Latin society, and I think that the employer would probably be like a little bit proud of the young kid, you know, at work doing what the old man wished he could be doing too. I don't know. That that may be too much generalizing, but I know for a fact the guy would not get fired if he got caught. It was pretty funny. And so I, when I got done working out, I packed up my stuff and unplugged the phone, and and I and he, he was looking at me when I was walking out. And I kind of winked at him, gave him a thumbs up, and he had this big grin on his face, and he was just nodding. So he knows that I saw him, and he doesn't care. He, he thought it was funny, and I thought it was funny too. Would never see that in the U.S. You might see it, but not very often. Just the other day, I remembered that my insurance on my truck expired in the month of September. I wasn't sure when, but I knew that I needed to go get it renewed. And I wasn't sure exactly where to go, but I knew Ronnie would know. I knew that it was in Rivas, and we had also wanted to go buy a weed eater for the house here. Because Ronnie's been asking about one for six months. So I finally said, you know what, the weeds are getting out of control. And I think he kind of intentionally just let them go a little bit farther than he should have, just so he can say, look how big they are. We need a machine. So we set out for Rivas to acquire the machine and new insurance for the truck. Well... We first go to the bank, which when you make transactions here with like normally government agencies or any kind of bigger companies that they don't want to handle cash, what they do is they send you to the bank with their account number and your bill and you deposit that much money into their account. Then you go back to the vendor or agency or whoever it is and present them with the deposit ticket and then they'll continue the transaction or service or whatever it is they got to do. So... I thought we needed to go to the insurance company first to get the bill. And Ronnie was like, no, you just go to the bank. And I said, how will the bank know how much you need to deposit? And Ronnie's like, I don't know, but they just know. So I trusted him. We went to the bank. Sure enough, the lady's like, okay, um, hang on one second. So I gave her my old card. And it just so happened to expire this exact same day. It was September 23rd when it expired, and we were at the bank to renew it on the 23rd which is probably the first time anything like that's happened in my life. So we present her with the, the card and my passport and the registration for the vehicle, 
And keep in mind that the vehicle still is not even registered to my name. It's in the name of the person who sold it to the person that I bought it from. And after we handed her all that stack of crap, she kind of points back behind us into the rear corner of the room and says, okay, it's going to take me a couple of minutes, but you can have a seat if you'd like. And I look back there and I was like, I don't remember seeing any tables or chairs or anything. When we walked in and I look back and sure enough, there, she said that and there was not a chair near in the whole room or anywhere which one could sit other than the floor. And I looked at Ronnie, he kind of looked at me, and he started laughing too. He was like, there's no chairs over there. And I was like, I know. So I thought that maybe she was insinuating we could sit on the floor, and Ronnie would confirm that and be like, yeah, we'll just sit on the floor. So we just said, okay, we'll come back in like 20 minutes. So then we set out for the weed eater store, which happened to be right around the corner. Walked into the weed eater store, picked one out. you know, And, and a weed eater here is way more expensive than a weed eater in the States because of the tax that they put on it. So this was a still weed eater, which is a good German brand. It's a commercial brand. And since I was just basically taking it off of my rent, I wanted to get the best possible weed eater for Ronnie. So we pick one out, cheapest one they had in the store, and it was $400. In the States, I think a 400 bucks will get you pretty close to the top of the line one. But here, it was the, it was the bottom of the commercial grade. So we pick it out. I told him, okay, we'll take it. And then I, you know, break out my credit card to pay for it. He's like, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's going to be, you know, $20 more if you pay with a credit card. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't have enough cash. So they're going through all the instructions with Ronnie, and the guy's just spitfiring stuff off and going quick. And I'm catching most of it because I've had weed eaters and been around gas weed eaters my whole life, and I've had that brand, and I know how they work. And I'm watching Ronnie, and the guy's saying, here's how you operate the choke, and here's how you prime it and I'm thinking he doesn't know what choke is he doesn't know what prime is he doesn't know what two cycle oil is he doesn't know what weed eater string is he doesn't know what a kill switch is and so I'm watching him just being flooded with knowledge and I think it was just bouncing off of him so I kind of try to take notes as best I could but I made it extremely imperative to Ronnie how important the mixture is in two cycle engines because he'd he didn't really know the difference between two-cycle and four-cycle. He thought you could use regular motor oil to mix with a two-cycle oil once I explained to him, oh, you have to mix oil. And I didn't even think to tell him that it has to be a certain kind of oil. I just, you know, take for granted that it's two-cycle, two-cycle oil. You should know that. But if you don't know that it needs oil in the gas, you wouldn't even know what kind to get. So we had a big, long lesson about two-stroke engines, how they work, what the differences are. And I'm pretty sure he absorbed most of it once I backed it down and broke it up for him the next morning came around and he was dying to use it so we had another little lesson got it going and at first he didn't really I could explain to him how to use it and he just didn't have the right swing down you know with those gas weed eaters you got to have like a rhythmic swing when you're dealing with a bunch of big tall weeds that are surrounding you and uh, he didn't really didn't, didn't think to do that on his own. So I said, okay, let, let me show you. So I kind of took it and showed it to him. He's like, oh, okay, okay, it makes sense now. And it just, it's hard for me to imagine that, you know, being the age that he is and never even operated a gas weed eater. So anyway, back to the weed eater store. We get the weed eater bought. And from the time that we tell them we want it to the time that we're leaving with the machine was about an hour. And that, that includes 
the 30-minute demonstration. So we'll just say 30 minutes of invoice preparing and warranty preparing. If you'll remember back a few episodes ago, I had the same type situation at a sporting goods store. And what it boils down to is that when it comes time to prepare paperwork, they just take their sweet time. And this is even after we told them we want it. They said it's going to take some time to get the accessories together and some packaging and get all that sorted out. And we said, okay, we're going to go back to the bank, finish the insurance deal. So we go back to the bank. We walk up there. And the bill for my insurance, and this is just liability, and I don't even know anything about the policy, how much it is, what the deductible is. I don't know anything. But it's the minimum insurance, and it's $55 for a year. And that stays with the truck. So if I were to sell the truck, then the new buyer would assume the prepaid liability insurance. But, yeah, 55 bucks for the entire year. I'm sure it will save me more in tickets then it will save me an insurance. But after we got it bought and paid for and walked out of there, I thought, you know, that was a pretty painless process. I, I think that the insurance company had already worked out rates with the bank to eliminate the need for having to go there. So we left the bank, renewed insurance. We moved the truck around to the weed eater store. Then we go in. That's when they start with the demonstration and all the rules and every, tell you everything. Avoid your warranty. They love to tell you that it gets a one-year warranty, and then they give you a huge, long list of things that don't make it covered. And one of them is like erratic operation or something. It's, it's typed up by the little store, and I'm pretty sure it's in their favor. So after we get everything wrapped up at the weed eater store, the insurance is paid for, the weed eater is in the truck, and it's like 2 o'clock, 2.30, and I'm wondering if Ronnie wants to get something to eat. So I said, hey, are you hungry? He's like, yeah, I'm hungry. I said, okay you have any restaurant where you want to go? He said, no, 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 I don't care. I said, okay, how about Burger King? And he said, it's not too expensive? And I said, no, 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 it's fine. Burger King's not too expensive. And I don't know why he thinks I'm a tightwad, but he always brings up the price on everything. And maybe it's just because it's expensive to him. I don't know. But anyway, so we walked into Burger King, and I walk up to the counter, and once again, Ronnie hangs back by the door. I, I don't know if he just doesn't feel comfortable going up there or what, but he stayed back. And so I walk up, and I'm like, hi. She's like, hi. And I'm kind of looking at the menu, and she's like, we don't have number one, three, five, or seven. And I go, what? She's like, we don't, you can't order a combo number one, three, five, or seven. And I was like, oh, okay. And I said, well, what, what don't you have? What are you missing? Because essentially, two, four, six, and eight have almost the same ingredients, just maybe one or two different items. And she goes, we, we have two, four, six, and eight. And I said, well, you don't have one, three, five, or seven? And she's like, no. I said, what are you missing? And she goes, number one, number three, number five, and number seven. And I said, but what ingredients are you missing from those? And she looks at me and goes, I don't know, and shrugged her shoulders, like, no say. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not, I can't, I'm not eating here. So I said, okay, adios, gracias, and turned around and walked out. And as I walked past Ronnie, he goes, what happened? And I didn't really know how to explain that whole thing to him in Spanish. So I just looked at him and I go, oh, they're out of meat. And he's like, oh, okay. So we get in the truck and I go, come on, let's go get some fried chicken. So we're driving to the fried chicken place. And I asked him, I said, do you think 
it's weird that they don't have meat. And he said, well, they, they probably just ran out. And I said, yeah, but they serve hamburgers for a living. That's their business. And they're open a certain amount of hours. And hamburgers stay frozen for a long time. And no Burger King does not use fresh meat. And so he said, well, you know, probably they had a, a busy afternoon yesterday or maybe this morning or something. And to me, it seems unfathomable. Like if a Burger King ran out of meat in the States, like every person would be making fun of them. Every talk show, every late night show, Burger King ran out of meat. I mean, I guess something bad could happen or something freezer could die or something like that. But the fact that he thought nothing of it is what, what told me that it's acceptable here. If he would have been like, yeah, I mean, I can't believe that. What kind of place runs out of meat? Then that's one thing. But he's like, oh, no, it happens all the time. You know, they, just, they run out of stuff. And that's just another example of how it's easy to, to be successful here when that's your competition. And that's how they all operate. It's not just Burger King in Rivas, but most of Central America, everywhere that I've been at least, is the same type mentality. And it doesn't cost, doesn't cost you any more profits to have the right ingredients on hand. It'll just cost you money if you run out. When we came back from Rivas, as we turned on the dirt road off of the main road going into town to come to the house, there was a couple of girls walking and they were carrying a baby. And he said, oh, that's Ismail's sister and cousin or something like that. And I said, well, let's give him a ride. So we pull up next to him, and Ronnie says, hey, you want to ride? And they, they both jumped in. And then I could tell Ronnie was, like, looking at me and, like, you know, making the raised eyebrows and kind of kicking his head towards one of the younger girls that he thought was pretty. And she was probably 20, 22 maybe. And he was like, oh, look, you know, if he could put it into words, like, man, look at her, look at her, she's pretty. And so I'm just kind of like, yeah, just kind of grinning, you know. And she gets out, and he, he tells me, you know, all in Spanish. She's like, hey, that girl loves gringos. Like, she, you can take her back to your house tomorrow if you want. Like, she's, she's easy. And Ronnie could not understand why I wasn't all over that. He's like, man, she, you don't have to date her. Just bring her home. <laughs> and the, the fact that I'm like 17 years older than she is uh, doesn't matter to him. But definitely would have felt odd to me. I'm not one of those old, creepy, gringo, drunk expats yet. All right, so next up, I'm going to play the interview with Chris, uh, my buddy that works at the hostel Pachamama. And Chris bought into the hostel about two years ago with his friend named Lindsay. And they're both from Vancouver area. but So you'll hear him kind of refer to Lindsay a couple times, and that's his best friend from back home. And... uh they invested together and bought a portion of the hostel. So just like when Jerry was here, I didn't give an introduction on the mic with him sitting here because when people sit down and they get in front of the microphone, they put the headphones on, and then I ask them to like tell me about themselves, they're kind of nervous and twitchy. So I have this little trick, and what I do is I just sit them down, I tell them to put the headphones on, and then you know, start getting those sounds set up right. And I'm recording the whole time and they don't know. And then and then we just start talking and they never are faced with the fact or the action of, okay, so tell me who you are and tell me what you do. And, and it's the, that way they don't feel like they're only allowed to give answers to the questions that I ask. So I want it to feel more like a conversation. And so that's why I just kind of pick up in the middle of these things and then try to go back and get some information once they're loosened up and comfortable. But Chris did awesome. He's, he's one of the people 
that figured out what they loved and figured out how to get to do it without having to spend a bunch of time and energy earning money doing something that he doesn't like. And so when it boils down to it, it's a respectable attribute in somebody. Is that like he loves to be around people. He loves to be in the tropics. He loves the warmth and he likes to party. And that has all of the above. And so he doesn't want to just come down here and sit and be lazy and, and do that. But he's, he's happy to work in an environment that does all that. And so he's the main party promoter. You would call it marketing in the corporate world. But in the hostel world, it's like their promoter. Like they have a guy that builds the party, brings people to the hostels, you know, comes up with cool, funny theme parties and implements them. And so that's his role. And uh, he gets into some more detail and talks about some of his personal life. And, um, you know, he's, he's a guy that's got a great reputation around here. No one can say anything bad about him. And, uh, like, when he asks you how you're doing, it's because he cares. And everyone always says to be the kind of person that no one can say anything bad about you. There's probably a lot of people out there in the corporate grind and in the white-collar world back in the States that don't understand Chris's life, and he doesn't understand theirs. But I guarantee you, he's more likely to be the guy that no one can say anything bad about. In fact, that most people, probably everyone, would say something good about. Uh, if Chris had 50 cents and you needed 60, he'd go borrow a dime and give you his quarters. I mean, he's just uh, he's a stand-up guy. And so even though people out there may not understand his priorities or, or what he enjoys, like the key factor to me is, uh, is the, his character. So anyway, he's a great friend of mine. Uh, I hope you like it. I'm only going to air half of the interview this show, and then another show I'll have the other half. So sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. Here's me and Chris. I was a terror since the public school era. Bathroom passes, cutting classes, squeezing asses. Smoking blunts was a daily routine since 13. A chubby nigga on the scene. I used to have the trade deuce and the deuce deuce in my bubble goose. Now I got the Mac in my knapsack. Lounging black, smoking sacks up and axe and sidekicks. With my sidekicks, rocking fly kicks. Honey's wanna chat, but all we wanna know is where the party at. And can I bring my jack? If not, I hope I don't get shot. Better throw my vest on my chest. Cause niggas is a mess. It don't take nothing but front for me to start something. Bugging and bucking at niggas like I was duck hunting. Dumbing out just me and my crew. Cause all we wanna do is. Oh, face paint and glitter for free. Yeah, like at the start, like at the pre-party at Pacha. 
So everybody just gets fucking covered. <laughs> really? Yeah, Jags, one of the guys at Tiger was fully, fully covered from head to toe. Wow. Yeah. So how much do you think you spend on face paint glitter a week? To uh, give away? Not too much. Like, it's only 500, five, just under 500 quarts. Mm. Two, two boxes, two packets of, of uh, face paint, and we buy the glitter in bulk uh, in Manawa. Oh, wow. By pound. I think they're cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like 60 cords or something. Damn. And everyone loves it. Yeah. For sure. So I don't even know how you got here. How did you end up here? Uh, I came with, uh, with Lindsay, Jesse, and Holthy, three friends. Lindsay always said that if she could ever get me here, she knew she'd keep me here somehow. Oh, yeah. She had traveled, been here a few times and traveled around. We worked together back in Victoria and uh, worked in the same restaurant from when it opened and whatnot. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, just like, we're at work, just a classic. Lindsay, just book a flight anywhere. <laughs> just look at flights and book it. So for both of you guys? Yeah, we were at work and we just booked it for Jesse and for Holthy and we're like, you guys are going on vacation. Damn. And so we came for 16 days and she was coming to check out Surf Ranch. Uh-huh. She just uh, was uh, part of that there um, before she came. How many times had she been here? Once or twice, I think. Okay. She knew a, some, a, friends, a bunch of friends from here. Yeah. So we went, came here and stayed at Pachamama for the first week and then went to stay at Surf Ranch for the second week. And the first week at Pachamama, we just like, Jesse's like me... Just taller and stupider, <laughs> um, and now bigger. And then Holthy is like big Alberta boy party. Like he he did, uh, you know, like wizard sticks. Mm-hmm. He did thirty. He was at thirty three. Was it thirty three when I was at fifteen? So that means he had thirty three beers. Thirty three beers in, in how like long? Two and a half hours. No yeah, hours. Yeah, way. He was crushing. He, it, there's no way he was cheating. It was wizard stick. Con- no, no, it was wizard stick competition. Trust me, if you saw him, you'd understand. Thirty three beers in two and a half hours. Straight beauty. And so, could he still stand up? Yeah, oh yeah, we partied all night. <laughs> no. All day. That was daytime. That was in the day at the pool. Then he went on runs. No way. Yeah. There's, uh, we, had, we used to have pictures of these pictures. I'm pretty sure on my Facebook still. So. Where were you at? What, what was your number? Uh, I was at like 15 when he was at 30. <laughs> wow, okay. So, yeah. anyway, yeah. so he came. Uh, yeah, so partied. And then we were here. And then just random talks with uh, Gio and Alex at the time. They were looking to open up another to the annex in the, the second spot and they somehow well they knew Lindsay and like business and whatever somehow came into it and they talked to both of us uh-huh. and then so we left here it took about two weeks to come to an agreement came to it and then we both quit our jobs it took about two months to move here October it's going to be our two year anniversary October uh, 16th I believe it's oh, either yeah. 16th or 21st I can't remember <laughs> and I just either got, way and I got years. rid of my post my yeah. yeah wow 16th I think and so, as, have you regretted any of it? Do you wish you had never done it? No, or? not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best part about it? About uh, just like the people. Yeah, I about mean, your job. I, yeah, the job. Like, yeah, man, you walk in and say hi every morning to 40, 50 people that have, you just partied with or hung out with or did something with the day yeah. before or something. And they just get to know. I got a friend around the world everywhere. I could probably put a Facebook post and say hi. Uh, I'm coming to fucking India, and I'll I can get, I'll guarantee have some friends there, wow. or know someone that knows someone there. Yeah. Or like, yeah, going to Miami, gonna meet up with like a, fi- a few a few people there that you just know from here. And the, the biggest thing you think you have in common with them is probably partying. No, it's nothing to do with partying. It's just like living the living the like just loving just life, not living the life, loving yeah. life. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't live here, but people when they come to San Juan, they turn in who they want to be, not who they are at home. 
Oh, really? Yeah, that's my thoughts on it. That's my, Turn in, that's my that's weird stoner query. Wait, wait, no, that's kind of interesting. They, so they, they like, well, back at home, back, back at home, home, everybody's, like, held under a thumb of some sort, like, either a job, a husband, a husband wife, kids, right. mortgages, down payments, or just bad credit, or things you've done when you're stupid, or anything, and you're held down to so much, and you're just supposed to do what people tell you what you're supposed to do, what your parents taught you, or what society tells you. And to get too deep into it, that's stoner talk. No, no, no. It's cool. <laughs> and then, but like when you get, when you go on vacation, people go on vacation lots of places, they usually break out of their shell. Right. Right. But I find when people come here, you get it, like, you get people at home, like, like not just Pachamama, like Naked Tiger, other, other hostels, other places in, in, in San Juan, or I think San Juan, I don't travel, so I can't talk about other places. But here, like, people turn into who they want to be. And uh-huh. they never want to leave. And then we've had people come for two days and stay for two months. Right, right. And then go home for one month and move here. We had uh, one of our best staff ever, Roger Post, stayed here, surfed here, didn't leave, worked for us, went home, sold all his shit, came back, lived here for seven months. And then finally went home and, like, and then did <laughs> Got stuff. back to life. Well, yeah, kind of-ish. For yeah. What Roger's, like, Roger lives a great life. But, yeah, he did, like, you get that all the time. Wow. There's already, on, in December, I have three staff coming back that have been here for their second or third time. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, you don't just come here once. No. You just come here, and then you're like, man, this is a little gym, and you it, come back. It, yeah, well, you just, like, you get along with people, and you just, like, everybody comes here to forget about anything and just wants to have fun, no matter right. what it is, what it could be, drinking, partying, drugs. It could be, like, you know, sex. It could be just hanging out on the beach. It could be surfing. It could be anything. People just come for something and they find a, a like common bond between right. groups of that people that they don't like, have at home no yeah. not a chance like right. at home you gotta like you know you gotta wear if you dare you wear a tank top and board shorts and no shoes around yeah. town right. you know try and do that in New York or, yeah. right, right. <laughs> or some t- in Texas yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah the other day I took out a shirt I was like man I wore that shirt yesterday and I was like I would not be the first person in San Juan to wear a shirt <laughs> twice back to back I hate cold showers and now that I don't have a hot shower, this is a princess thing to say, but now I don't have hot showers right now. My suicide shower is done. I shower maybe twice a week. Oh, I hate, yeah? I hate cold showers. Oh, They're man, always that so bad? Well, like, that's a little exaggeration. Three, maybe four but, times. Okay, so, you, so you pass it up when you normally would. But, like, you don't have to, like, whatever. It's not like you're going to be you're out there stinking, being dirty, rolling around in the mud and whatever. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's an exaggeration of, of it to a little bit. Yeah, yeah, little yeah. Bit but bad. either way, cold showers suck. You don't care. You can wear the same shorts for three days in a row and not wear a shirt. You can not wear a shirt seven yeah, days a week. Right. And wear the same days. shorts. Yeah. Same shorts. I know many with people that do One article of clothing. I know many people that do it and have done it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse uh, is a class example that came when we were first here. Like considered my brother, basically. Uh-huh. The guy had like a few pairs of clothing, and I, I and that was it. Uh, yeah. A couple pairs of shorts, a couple shirts. If he wore a shirt, yeah. And I was like, if we're going to dinner, right. and even then, you don't even have to wear a shirt. <laughs> yeah, you can get my <laughs> yeah, yeah, anything you want. I think I remember. I think I met him at Pachin. He it's was talking skinny, about missing a, tooth. missing a tooth, but he didn't know how he lost it. No, well, no, we knew how he lost it. He he jumped through his. I was, he jumped through his window and smashed his face on his knee oh, okay. and lost his tooth. For uh-huh. Now it's been almost three or four years, and he still hasn't put one in yet. <laughs> for some reason, I thought he couldn't, couldn't remember. No. Uh, there's a lot of people that come through. You never know, man. Right. You get yeah, a lot of stories in this place. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and so what exactly is your job between the five of you guys or four, how many there are? Like, what, what do you do? What's your job description? Uh, I just, I don't know about a description. I Maybe just, not, not, not officially. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like, put it as just like cus- customer service, promotion, party guy, uh-huh. making sure the party 
organizing them, getting the staff together, taking care of the staff the best they can, just talking with everybody. We have managers and people that take care of a lot of different uh, aspects of Pacho, which is absolutely a, a hand of God for us here. Um, <laughs> I can imagine, like, herding cats is an understatement for what you guys manage. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you know. Crazy drunk talking, party. Like, all in all, it's not really just... For me, it's like you bring every, you be nice to everybody and give everybody respect and, how, and no matter what, and people kind of give it back to you for the most part here. They just want to yeah. come and be treated fun. Like, it's hard. You can't yell at people like you do at home and be like, don't do this, don't do that. Like, they come, kind of come here to get away from that. So they don't want to be yelled at from their mom or their bosses and stuff anymore. Right. Workers and, or staff. And, like, they don't want to be told no to things. They don't want to be told yes to things. Or, like, you know, talk to you in a little bit better way or anything. But, but like, yeah, or I just I try to... No, mostly party guy, customer service. Make sure everybody's happy. Uh-huh. And so do you, which do you like more, the party guy or the customer service? You try to mix both of them into, you got to mix yeah. both of them into here because everybody comes here to party. So right. if you don't party, you don't really hang out with anybody. You hide at home, which I do as much as I can. But uh, yeah, like you got to come out, you got to be social, you got to be able to talk to everybody no matter who they are, what they are, where they're from. Right. You know, and you enjoy it, right? Like. And you just enjoy it and you bring everything. I pride trying to tell people, like, especially my staff, is like, find the person that's not, we're, we are the party people. We can go anywhere and like, we'll always have a good time no matter if we're by ourselves or not, you know, and like, we'll probably start the party sometimes. Right. But there's people that are not comfortable like that and sit there and just kind of watch, scared, you know, they have uh -huh. a beer they want to break through. Just find that person, get them into the circle and break them out of that and like get uh -huh. them. And then by the time they leave, they're like, man, I've been at 20 hostels and no one's ever done that. And like, or no, like never met people that, you know, they, they it's a new you want to get, grab that person. The right. Normal people will always have fun no matter what. Uh huh. Right, Whatever right, you right, do, right, you put right. beer, put beer and some beer pong yeah. cups out Couple on the girls, table. Yeah. Put some beer pong cups out on the table and grab some beer. <laughs> yeah. are, that is not a problem. That will always happen to a certain amount of people. But you want to get the people that don't normally do that doing that, so they can feel it. Uh huh. Wow, that's cool. I never thought about that. Yeah. So can you spot those guys a mile away? Usually, yeah. usually pretty good. Yeah, just kind of sit so back, quiet. Cultures here. Right. Right. All over the world, over different places. So yeah. You learn. I never knew. F all about like anybody or any culture else of mine. Not just trying to be ignorant. I just like never, never learned, never paid attention or learned to it. You know, and a few right. things here and there. But I've learned so much of like different cultures here and like how they like eat and learn and, and all, a whole bunch of different things. How they think and how they're taught. It's right. a lot of difference compared to. And you got to so, realize. So, that. what are some of the differences? Like, give me some examples of what differences in cultures. Like big things. Well, like, Stereotype. I, my biggest, my biggest thing in the world. Please and thank you. Uh -huh. There's some cultures in the world that have never heard that before and don't understand how to say it or why to say it or when they should say it. You got to live by please and thank you, man. That gets you so far in yeah, the world. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, you can say that whether you mean it or not. It doesn't matter. You don't have to mean it for the most part. Just sell it with a smile. Right. Oh, thank you very much. Please and thank you. Can I get this from you? Please and thank you. May I have a water? Please and thank you. I'm really looking to go to Costa Rica and, you know, I really need a bus ball. Can I bother you for a minute? Please and thank you. Right. Like how it's pretty simple. I'm trying to like, so I, I'll like look at people and it's like, <laughs> can I get a ticket? You get a is ticket. that really what? what they'll do? Is that what some people? But that's yeah. just like you know, they come in and they think you're right. you worker. They're buying something from you. They think they own. Like that's just how people and people think. Sometimes people are taught and cultures is a huge thing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So because and it's like you're missing something. And it's like, can I have a ticket? Like I want to take it to this. <laughs> no, but what you're missing one thing. It's one word starts with a P. And then they're like, please. And it's like, oh, say that one more time. <laughs> nice. Can I have a ticket, please? There you go. And then like you, hopefully the next time. That they'll and, remember that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Or like Spanish, por favor, gracias, you know, like obviously we're in the Spanish community, so we do both. So yeah. I make sure that's a very, very big one for me. Yeah, me too. It's like also I expect, 
and maybe this is my culture, but if I hold the door open for someone, like, just say thanks, you know? Or drive by them. let you in traffic. Yeah, let you in traffic. Just a simple wave. Man, it's so hard to put your hand up and just do this. You do not have to mean it. Just don't pull down four of the fingers. Right. You know what I mean? Just a quick finger up. Man, I'm so into that. Back yeah, home. Yeah, me too. Like, that's just what you did. Oh, man, yeah. And that's... people will, like here, they would never consider moving over and like encroach the shoulder so you can go past. No. It's just not an option. No. No, no you just go past them. Yeah, you just go past them. Yeah, yeah, you got to risk <laughs> And just give a quick little toot toot on the left-hand side and let people know. Yeah, they, they're, cause they won't help you out. There's no reason for them to help you out. No. Well, yeah, not, not, not everybody, but uh, man, some people like, in, I'll tell you right now, in Vancouver where I'm from, no one knows how to drive there. Oh, really? Oh, man. I don't even want to get into it. It's just, it's, it's, uh, yeah, people like a little bit of rain comes down, everybody forgets how to drive. All oh, yeah. Right? It's like no one knows any just common courtesy. Just, you know, like, no, no, we can't let that, that asshole in front of me. It's like he's just got to get him right behind you. So what did you just solve right. by getting so angry and not letting this person <laughs> yeah. in? Like, yeah, oh, it's like man. the guys in the, at the line at the airport that like you're boarding group one and they like, <laughs> yeah. like run around you and you're like, man, we're all getting on the same plane. Those the are the same best. Seats. And you, you, when you're sitting there and you just watch people and you watch people get up and you just see them like trying to figure out how they can get to the front somehow. <laughs> so they're like, go stand up and put their bag down for a second and then you see them move over again. Yeah. And then as soon as they call it, they're right in the front. Like, yes. Yeah, I got on that plane first. Yeah. Like I get that first, like, yeah, you're still waiting for the last person I know. to get it's on. I think that, that those things are desirable to us. For whatever reason, like, it's a common thing that everyone wants to be on there first. Oh, yeah. And off first. Everywhere, yeah. And, like, when the, the best is when you're in the plane already, yeah. and you get up from the back. Right. And it's like you're 39 rows back. Yeah, and they stand up And they all stand up, and they're standing up, just like, come on, guys, hurry up. Come on, everybody, <laughs> yeah. hurry up. It's like, there's... 39, like, there's six rows here, 39 rows. Let's do yeah. the math. You're not going anywhere anytime people, soon. Yeah, like, you can still see people up there just sit down and wait for a minute. Uh-huh. Like, your best, all you standing up and leaning over when they're <laughs> yeah. trying to get that extra headroom when they're too low, yeah. like, leaning over top of the person. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, trying to, like, wrestle their bag down. <laughs> yeah, like four I'm going to get this bag down real quick. You hit the person in the head beside yeah. you. Don't say anything, obviously, and your ass is right by, like, there's a person sitting kind of right behind you that's smart and just waiting there, and you got your ass in their face, and yeah. it's like, so high. I'm right here. Yeah, I gotta, I really, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Going real fast, man. <laughs> so what's, like, what's a typical day in the life of Chris? Like, what, what's your typical day? Well, there's, uh, the word of typical in San Juan is pretty... Yeah, it's dynamic. Yeah, it's very sure. dynamic. Yeah. Uh, Fiesta forever. 
And that is what you call a cliffhanger. So I'm going to leave the second half of the interview for a, a future podcast broadcast. I think that's going to wrap it up for today, though. Thanks again for listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. Check out our sailing company at nikasailandsurf.com. If you want to email me, hit me on the email, nikasailandsurf at gmail.com. And I don't want to jinx myself, but tomorrow we're supposed to have another guest. And I'm confident this one will show. No names yet. You'll find out. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Keep it tranquilo. Tranquilo.